Today we're going to talk about a recent scandal that has hit the news like a, um, I mean, like, like a, a brick. Yeah. yeah, yeah really. um, the, the scandal regarding admissions into some of the country's most elite and um, high-ranking colleges, colleges and universities. And right. Um, yeah, this, this whole thing hit uh, last week, mm -hmm. I guess, and, um, and you and I talked about it through the um, throughout the week. Yeah. We mentioned it a couple of times, but... And, and admitted that we really didn't know that much about mm -hmm, it. You know, mm -hmm. we, we weren't um, up on all the details. Right. I think that I think what grabbed everybody's attention is that um, two of the parents mm -hmm. who have been indicted um, are actors. Right. And and so there's this. Um, well, that was the, the that was the whole headlines was right. that you know um, actors and um, Hollywood types. Yeah, they they were all involved in the scandal involving right. uh, involved in the scandal regarding the admissions. Right. So. And so when when we first heard about when when it first broke it was as though these few actors mm -hmm. um, were doing something um, unethical or illegal or something and it attracted everybody's attention. But then we thought, well wait a minute, let's look into the story a, a right. little more. And what we discovered, um, what you discover very quickly is that um, there are um, there are scandal the scandal is that there are ways of getting into these elite colleges mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that most of us don't know about. Right. And the problem is, and, and it's funny that this should come up because there was an article published about a week before this mm -hmm. by, um, by a Princeton graduate right. who um, was also a local recruiter for Princeton mm -hmm, students, mm -hmm. but he, he has stopped doing it because of something called legacy. Mm -hmm, okay, we're mm -hmm. gonna talk about legacy in a minute. So he published that article, and just a yeah. few days after that, this story broke. Yeah. And what this story is about is that, for example, at Princeton or Brown or Harvard, um, only a handful, a single-digit percentage of applicants are accepted. Right. Like if you apply to Princeton, five they have a five percent acceptance rate. Right. Brown is probably less than that, fewer than five percent. Right. Um, but when you go to these colleges, and, and certainly it exists in Florida today, about. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, a small, a smaller number of applicants are accepted to the University of Florida. It's right. the flagship university, and that so it exists in every state, right. Michigan and California. So if you want to go to one of these elite colleges or universities, um, you have to have high grades and high test scores, mm -hmm. and not everybody who has those scores gets admitted. Right. So what? How do you get admitted to these elite colleges? Right. Well, and what's interesting is that, like with some of the ones that you just mentioned, Florida and Michigan, we're not even necessarily talking about Ivy League we're schools. We're not talking about Princeton and Yale or right. Harvard. We're talking right. about some state schools. One of the schools, uh, several of the schools implicated here include the University of Southern California, mm -hmm. the University of Texas at right. Austin, where I was for years. Um, and so it's not just the Ivy League schools. Right. It's any school that has um, a very low acceptance rate. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, so we have um, just just as a sort of a, a background. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, we, we've included a couple of articles, one from Newsweek and one mm -hmm. from Psychology Today, uh, that will sort of uh, provide you a little bit more information for what we're talking right. about and what we're going to cover. But right. you know, you mentioned legacy, and the issue is is that we have known for a long time right. that one way. I'm trying to be careful how I say it, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, one way to get into some of these elite schools 
is through this legacy idea. Right. So, mm -hmm. you know, if you have a parent uh, who went through to one of these schools, uh, especially if you have a, a wealthy parent who mm -hmm. went to one of these schools mm -hmm. and who has contributed um, high dollars to to various right. um, activities or um, you know buildings or whatever within the campus, mm -hmm. um, that student's probability of getting in significantly That's right. increases. That's right. If your parents went to Yale, your chances of being admitted right. um, are higher. If right. your parents went to Harvard, if your parents went, so wherever your parents went or relatives went, mm -hmm. they could be siblings at a school. Right. Um, that's legacy. Mm -hmm. Okay, that, that gives you an advantage right. for admissions. Um, what we're talking about here is that a, a generation ago, maybe two generate, back in the sixties and seventies. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it was like when you went to college, mm -hmm. but when in the sixties, you sort of just went to college. You know, you, you it didn't. For most people, it didn't matter where they went to college. Where, not where, right? right. Mm -hmm. If you went, if you were wealthy and you mm -hmm. went to a, a boarding school right. for high school, you knew that you were probably going to get accepted to one of the elite universities, right. Princeton, Harvard. And if you didn't get it accepted to one of those, there were many sort of second-tier Ivy League schools like Bowdoin, mm -hmm. fabulous school, mm -hmm. but. There were other schools that you could go to, still get a fabulous education, very mm -hmm. expensive education, but right. a very good education. So you knew that going to a, uh, a boarding school was mm -hmm. going to right. um, ease your path into one of these elite colleges. Other than that, everybody went to whatever school was available. I mean, you just right. went to college. You know, right. most of us applied to one or two colleges and got it. It didn't really matter too much. Because what we were doing was we were signing up for the college experience. Right. Okay. We were gonna we were gonna leave most of us leaving a blue collar background. Mm -hmm. College mm -hmm. opened the door for a white collar background. Right. Okay. And that that was really it didn't matter whether you went to a local school or a state university or wherever right. you went, it was going to open those doors right. for you. Currently um, well, I think it started changing, like when I went to college when did you go? in the 90s, in the 90s. Um, early and mid 90s, um, that's when it started to shift to, to the idea that you want to go to a school that specializes or has a, has a you know, if you knew what you wanted to major in, right. what, what mm -hmm. field you wanted to go into, you were working to make sure that you went to a college mm -hmm. that, um, that had a program that right. was, was elite mm -hmm. or, or strong in that um, in that area, right. so you know, if you wanted to, especially graduate school, right. but that that would make right. sense. Uh, but even undergraduate, you know, if you wanted to go to um, into engineering, mm -hmm. like I, I my my initial <laughs> major, that's a long story, but it was uh, aeronautical engineering. Sure. Yeah. And so you know, the school to go to, uh, it, it was Embry Riddle. Right. Um, and so that's where everyone wanted to go. Uh, if you wanted to major in mm -hmm. and get an excellent education in um, right. aeronautical engineering. Um, it, so that really was hitting in at least in the mm -hmm. '90s. I don't know if before then that was uh, a major thing, but yeah, that was that was really what was emphasized. Right. When we applied for colleges, we didn't think much about grades or I mean, as long as you were passing your high school, there were no AP classes. There were no mm -hmm. honor. You just went to high school, mm -hmm. um, so you didn't have honors in AP. Right. Okay, you didn't ha you didn't worry much about um, college boards if you if you scored over a thousand. That was sufficient to right. go to most schools. Right. Okay, um, in the '60s, if you had A's and B's, and even a few C's, and scored over a thousand, you could go to the University of Florida. You okay. you, you would easily admitted into the university because you met their basic criteria. Yeah. See, we had to. Our emphasis was you had to have at least a 3.5 in 
or higher and a thousand on, on the SAT. Right, um, and that was in the 90s. So that was in the 90s. Okay. Yeah. But something happened, yeah. and, and this is where the scandal really j begins to germinate. Mm -hmm. Something happened in the 90s. It probably had something to do with more kids going to college, mm -hmm. so there were fewer mm -hmm. places. Um, and it also had something to do with test scores because right. that's when testing became right. very, very uh, common, very, right. very um, common. Um, we tested kids in elementary school and high school and, and then we tested them in college and suddenly the value of test scores really went up. Mm -hmm. um, I took the SAT and we, you know, we scored over a thousand. Um, but today you have to have something close to 1400, which right. is almost a perfect score. Right, 1600, no, yeah. yeah. nobody did that in, right. in you know, the 60s and 70s. You, you, first of all, you didn't need to. Right. So you took it once and if you got a thousand, you were done, right. okay? Because that's all you needed. Today, kids get a 1250, and then you gotta have to go take a test prep course to try mm -hmm. to get it to 1300 or 1350. Um, yeah. One girl, there's a, one of the articles talked about a girl who took the ACT, the highest score on the ACT is 36. Right. And her goal, which she had to get a 34. Mm -hmm. Well, she got a 33, and she, she kept taking the test mm -hmm. until she got a 34. Right. Okay. The difference between a 33 and a 34, to me, is inconsequential. But right. for some reason, she needed to right. get that 34. So there is this almost obsessive need right. to get high test scores because that increases your chances right. of getting in. The problem is there are more kids getting high grade point averages mm -hmm. and high test scores right. than there are places at universities. And this is where we're really going to get into the topic that, that we're focusing right. on, and that is, you know, <laughs> a topic that we often focus on, which is what, what parents are doing, um, how, how parents are working really hard to engineer a, a resume, a, a academic resume right. for students, for their kids, uh, to make sure that they get into some of these colleges that they want to get into. And, and so we have this phenomenon that, that is still so difficult for me to wrap my brain around, <laughs> um, where we have so many students with GPAs well over 4.0 on right. a 4.0 scale. 4.0 is the highest you can get. But so if you get all A's, you have a 4.0. Right. But that's not sufficient. Right. A 4.0 isn't high enough to get you into these right. elite colleges, right. and, uh, even elite state colleges, mm -hmm. like the University, University of Michigan. Right. So how do you get there? Well, you have to take honors right, classes, so honors and AP, courses. AP classes, college classes, so mm -hmm. you have kids who are dual enrolled, high school and college, and you see parents and students um, with this complicated calculus of, I have to take this many AP classes, mm -hmm. I have to take summer classes at a college, because mm -hmm. they count, and these things keep driving up your grade point average. Right. And you have these, um, this top 10% of students mm -hmm. in high school classes vying for the highest grade point average. Right. And maybe only a hundredth, hundredths of points, like 4.36 beats a 4.34. Right. And so you have two students who are separated by 0 0.02 points, mm -hmm. but only one can be the valedictorian. An interesting uh, example of this was I, I was talking to a student not long ago, mm -hmm. and she's been taking a lot of AP and honors courses and stuff like that. Um, so her GPA was something like 4.5 or something like right. that. Um, and then she was she kind of had cut back because she had taken most of the mm -hmm. courses available in her, I think it was her senior year. Um, and she only had, I think, one honors class or one AP course or something like that. And so she was still making all A's, but her GPA was dropping 
Because because even though she was making all A's, she didn't get the extra oh, boost from the AP, AP and honors courses, and so her you know on average her GPA <laughs> was dropping because right yeah so it's 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 it was it's frustrating to her. It's crazy. Parents spend thousands of dollars with um, test prep courses mm -hmm. today. It's big business, yeah. and they hire um, experts right. who help them to negotiate this thing. Well, what happens is. Um, Weeks prior to this store, the story breaking, there was a separate trial out in California, and the story originates in California, but mm -hmm. it permeates every state in mm -hmm. the in the nation. Right. Um, there was a trial um, of a business executive who was uh, being he was on trial for securities fraud or something mm -hmm. totally unrelated. So to lighten his sentence. Um, he said, I have an he said, um, if I give you this information, um, can I get a reduced sentence? Mm -hmm. It was one of those negotiations. And the story is that this man had given Yale University soccer coach, women's soccer coach, $450,000. Mm -hmm. So his daughter, and apparently what he did was he essentially bribed the soccer coach mm -hmm. um, to say that she was recruiting his daughter. Mm -hmm. So that the advantage is, if you're an elite athlete, right. it gives you an advantage right. to, to get to into these schools. That uh, you're in a separate category right. because you're a, you're a very good student and you, you're going to be an athlete. Right. Okay, so he cooked up some resume. His daughter never really played soccer, but he right. cooked up some resume right. and said he gave this uh, coach four hundred fifty thousand dollars, and she got accepted to Yale. That broke the dam. Right. Okay, because they said, "Well, how did how did this happen?" Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he named the person who engineered this for him. Right. And that person's name is William Rick Singer, mm -hmm. um, and apparently he owns this company. Yeah. Uh, Edge, Edge College and Career Network. Right. And he is available right. as a consultant and a coach, uh, as an advisor, to parents of students. Well, parents who want their children mm -hmm. to go to these, and they're right. willing to pay lots of money. Right. So the key figures here, the, it starts with Morris Tobin, and then we get to Rick Singer, and he is sort of the tip of this iceberg. He's the, he's right. the focus of this investigation. Um, and as it turns out, he, he has been cooperating with investigators since September, right. which I also didn't yeah. know. I thought this was new, but right. he's been working since September. And so far, 50 parents um, have been indicted, right. okay, and the, a couple of uh, and a bunch of university people who have been on the take, yeah. and apparently what this is about is what Singer provided was a side door. Now right. to understand side door, you need to know back door. If you want your child to go to an elite college and your child doesn't have quite have the horsepower, mm -hmm. the grades, and the scores to get in. Um, if you're wealthy, you can donate tens of millions of dollars. That's the, millions, right? Right. That's like the legacy. What we were talking about. Right. Or yeah. you have you build a building, mm -hmm. or you you donate a couple million dollars, and the university says, "Oh, okay. Well, we'll, we'll you're a high we'll, donor. Right. High donor. Your ki your child will get preference. Yeah. So we know that that's always exists. Always exists. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there are places. There, I've heard stories here in Florida where. Certain individuals can call the University of Florida mm -hmm. and say, "I want this student to be admitted," and that student gets admitted. Right. Okay. They, they have the qualifications, right. but this a phone call right. from certain people will 
facilitate the mm -hmm. admissions, uh, the acceptance process. Right. Um, I don't have that kind of clout, by the way. I don't. I don't either. You, you don't need. No, okay. Unfortunately. So that's that's um, the back door. Right. Okay. What Singer provided is what's called the side door. Mm -hmm. This was a way to guarantee admission for a much lower price. Mm -hmm. uh, now, when I say much lower price, he paid $25 million right. over an eight-year period mm -hmm. to facilitate, to ease right. admissions and acceptances for um, his clients. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, so we're still talking about a lot of money, but some families spend $25 million mm -hmm. at one time to get right. a child admitted. This is $25 million over eight years. There's, there is a lot of money involved here, right. okay? And so um, the next thing we thought, well, what are these parents offering? Right. You know, so we, we read some articles about yeah. what are they offering? What kind of things are they offering? Yeah, there, there's all kinds of things. Uh, so, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> no, it's just, one of the schools in California is the Harvard-Westlake right. um, High School. Right. And it's in Studio City, California. Right. Guess where that is, mm -hmm. okay? The tuition is $38,400 a year. That's <laughs> many of us is a substantial amount of money. <laughs> it's a lot of money. It's like, it's a year's salary for a lot of people, uh -huh. right? But uh -huh. this is a year's tuition. This is after tax dollars. So you're, you have to make close to 50,000 to pay 38,000. Because those are 40 something. Just for that part, right. Right, just mm -hmm. just for the tuition. Right. It doesn't include everything else. Right, right. So, so um, anyway, this is an elite um, school, obviously. So mm -hmm. one of the and so what the what, what parents are accused of, uh, one mother uh, who I think sat on their their board of directors mm -hmm. of this elite um, high school, paid. <laughs> you could have done this for a living, Bernie. You, no, she paid somebody fifty thousand mm -hmm. dollars to take her son's ACT. Mm -hmm. In person, mm -hmm. so that person mm -hmm. went to the testing center and took the test. Mm -hmm. She had her son take the test online, mm -hmm. so he thought that it was his score, right? But it was actually the score of the other kid right. who took it in person. Mm -hmm. Okay, so she paid fifty thousand dollars for that, and her son, her son got accepted. Okay, mm -hmm. so so she paid a person mm -hmm. to sit in for her son. Um, another one. Testing surrogate. Right. Another uh, b one of the board members um, claimed that his daughter, he, he bribed the tennis coach at the university and he cooked up a, um, a story that his daughter had won several USTA, United right. States Tennis Association, USDA tournaments. And you can track these. You can go to websites and find mm -hmm. their names. But he figured that nobody would really check. So he cooked up this resume mm -hmm. for his daughter and said, my daughter's... Now, he had to bribe the tennis coach right. at the school to say, to say to the admissions department, mm -hmm. I want this student because she's won these tournaments. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the tennis coach... In fact, at the University of Texas at mm -hmm. Austin, the men's tennis coach was mm -hmm. involved in some right. of these scams. And he has been put on leave. Right. Uh, he hasn't been fired. Some uh, coaches have been fired. Right. Uh, several have been fired because it is documented that they did accept bribes. Uh, mm -hmm. And some bribes as high as one coach accepted from one parent $450,000 right. to um, 
to say that 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 their child was a, was an elite soccer player. Right. Okay. Right. So parents are spending fifty thousand dollars up to four hundred and fifty thousand right. dollars to bribe coaches to have other people take their exams right. and to um, and. But again, we're not talking about millions of dollars. We're mm -hmm. talking about hundreds of thousands or tens of thousands. Right. So that's why it's called the side door to admission. Right. And what's, what's fascinating about all of these stories to me is that in, in many of the cases, the students don't even know. That's right. The kids happening. don't know. One mother talked about that. Right. She had two daughters. And, uh -huh. and she said, well, my second daughter is really smart. And she would have figured it like your first daughter's stupid. You know? yeah. I mean, the, the language that they use is, right. is just shocking. But she said, her daughter, her second daughter, was sort of figuring out that her mm -hmm. mother was working behind the scenes. But they try to keep it secret, right. like like this woman did with her son. Yeah. He thought that was his score. Yeah. You know, but she had cooked up this entire scam right. to make him think that he had scored that high. Right. And so it goes into the, the real crux of what we're, we're here to talk about, and that mm -hmm. is that this is sort of the epitome. This is sort of the 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 the, the top of the the mountain of helicopter parenting. Where does where, where does it end up? You know, right. where because we have talked for years about helicopter parents and mm -hmm. lawnmower parents. Right. Okay? The lawnmower parent is the parent who prepares the path okay, right. for their kids, and helicopter parents are micromanaging every mm -hmm. aspect of their kids. And where does it? End? This is the logical conclusion. Mm -hmm. This is this is how it looks at the college level. Right. We know what it looks like at elementary mm -hmm. and middle and high school because you have parents constantly right. navigating and helping their kids navigate these systems. Um, uh, we have a well, I won't talk about things too close to home because right. of confidentiality. But um, this is what it looks like right. at the college level: yeah. uh, big bucks mm -hmm. um, and people losing their jobs. Right. And, okay, so. I felt a little bit, as I was reading all these articles, I felt a little bit chagrined that colleges were named because it, right. it gives the entire college right. a bad name. We're talking about Stanford, University of Southern right. California, University of Texas, Harvard, Yale. Um, we're talking about some of the really good universities. Right. It's not the universities who were doing right. it. It was a few mm -hmm. bad apples. Right. I mean, it was some coaches who, who who um, allowed, who accepted bribes, right. that, let's face it. Right. Um, and they're, um, it's pretty hard to do it at, in, in a football team, right. you know, be, be, where it's more public, but in things like crew right. and um, soccer and tennis, tennis and yeah. those sorts of things, it's a little bit easier because people kind of aren't as concerned. Right. But when you talk about elite basketball players or football players, it's a little right. bit harder to cover it because there's a history. Um, so anyway, uh, I felt bad for the colleges because they, they, were, they were stained by the scandal mm -hmm. unfairly because it wasn't the university, um, it was a few people right. at the university. I mean, the way that they, the story is presented is that the university, you, know, you have the coaches or whomever that was bribed, mm -hmm. um, and then they, you know, they manipulated the, right. the system of mm -hmm. the school. The school you know, only knew what it was told. Yeah, no, and you can and when I, the reason I'm chagrined um, let me let me add one more thing to that. The problem that's occurring now is you have students who are suing the universities, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and we're talking about there's one that's five hundred billion dollars a yeah. class action lawsuit right. that they want to sue the universities because students who feel that they were unfairly mm -hmm. judged or that they weren't accepted rejected right 
but all this this other stuff was going on that now they want to sue the universities and I really hope that doesn't happen because it's it wasn't the university right. who was sanctioning this these are individuals right. coaches or admissions counselors there should be consequences for them but I hope these large class action lawsuits um, clearly the system has to change right. but there are better ways than bankrupting universities right. um, and and why should somebody pay damages? I mean, you didn't get into Harvard, but maybe you got into the University of, of Pennsylvania or something, or Penn State University, which is a fine school. I mean, right. you know. So I'm a little bit worried that as right. these class action lawsuits move forward, that universities will be made to pay for what their employees did. Right, and, and, we, and we'll know more as we sort of weed out how many of these kinds of, uh, mm -hmm. of examples we have. Right. I mean, you know, if, if we're talking about a couple of dozen, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. you know, there's only been a handful of people who have been indicted, as you That's said right. earlier. That's yeah. You know, uh, so, so a class action lawsuit for, you know, a billion dollars or whatever, um, you know, that, that implies that there's a lot of people involved right. in, in this class right. action lawsuit. Um, you know, because a university accepted four or five of these yeah. side door um, deals, you know, that's not going to account for all these people who are, are who are left suing, out because you know, we're it, talking about yeah many more right. who are suing, um, and you may not have gotten in anyway. So it's going to be a messy yeah. lawsuit. Yeah. Now, granted, the system needs to change, and and the third thing we want to talk about is is uh, what's wrong with this? Why is this a problem? Well, first of all, college admissions obviously is not a blind process. Right. Okay. Um, there are many factors that go into it. Right. There's the whole issue of um, what is trying to balance races and genders and all that. Um, um, equal, um, equal opportunity? Yeah. Oh, um, I don't know. Oh my gosh, I can't believe Can't think, think of the word. Um, um, but you're trying to get um, an even distribution of right. different races and different mm -hmm. nationalities and, and all that. Diversity. Okay? Yeah. You want a diverse student body. Right. Okay. So, we know that that's, that's a problem, and that is making its way through the courts. Right. Uh, when I was at Texas, there was a fellow, um, a white male, who sued the law school because he mm -hmm. was denied admissions right. because he wasn't black or, or some other race, um, and that he said um, that it, it favored certain races mm -hmm. and shouldn't have, right. uh, just for diversity, that he was qualified but wasn't accepted. Yeah. So it's never been a, a really blind, blind process. Second. Um, the other thing is, is that wealth does provide privilege. Right. I mean, we've always known that. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've known that for years, that if you're well-connected or if you're very wealthy, you can get things that other people can't get. And right. It may not be fair, but that's right. the way our system works. And it's worked like that for a long time. And it's been that way for a long time. Yeah. That's right. I mean, it's, I mean that's, there's examples from you know, 100 years right. ago where mm -hmm. that was the case. Exactly. Where, where individuals who, again, this, this legacy idea where people who you know, went to particular colleges or, mm -hmm. or donate um, a certain number of dollars, right. you know, they get this, these special privileges. During the Civil War, during the war between the states, if you had a lot of money, you could, you could pay to mm -hmm. have your right. son Right. not be uh, conscripted, yeah. okay? Mm -hmm. If you paid enough money, your son would, we saw it in the Vietnam War. People right. who had lots of money were able to get, um, they would send their children to Canada, or they would get doctor's excuses, and mm -hmm. people who had a lot of money, or if you were in college, yeah. you, weren't, you weren't drafted. If yeah. you didn't go to college, that means you were poor, mm -hmm. um, then you get drafted, right. okay? So, so wealth has always carried a privilege. And so, um, 
from so we said, well, why are, why are we so concerned about this? Right. Why, why are two psychologists so concerned about this? Well, it's not it, the, our concern is that we have spoken many times about um, the the what parents are doing right. to get their kids, right. um, and so there's this wonderful article by a physician of all things. Yeah. Um, Last name is Ginsburg. First name is Kenneth Ginsburg, MD. Mm-hmm. He's a uh, he's an adolescent psychiatrist. Right. Uh, works at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and he wrote uh, in Psychology Today. He wrote this piece about um, what's the problem with this. The title of it right. is "Disgusted by the College Admission Scandal?" Question um, mark. And so he advises in the in the subheading subtitle, "Take positive action for your family." Right. In other words, don't get sucked into this mm-hmm. in this obsession right. with getting your kids into these elite colleges. You know, Paul Tuff wrote that book, um, How Children Succeed. Right. And in the book he talks about um, you don't have to go to Brown. Right. You, know, you could go to the your your state's uh, flagship university. Right. And we have we have four really good big uh, universities in our state. Right. You know, not every state has four, but we have four. And all of them offer an excellent education. Right. Okay. Well, and, and even more than that, though, you know, once you once you finish your education mm-hmm. and you're, you're trained. Um, mm-hmm. it, okay, so we went to graduate school. Yeah. Um, I, I don't. I don't know that anybody's ever cared where I got my gra- my my doctorate. You know, as soon as I as soon as, as long as I'm licensed. Right. Um, that's you know. Uh, do they check your grade point? They average? never look at my grade point average. No, they they never ask. Nobody really. You know, if you, when I say I went to USF, oh, well, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that. Okay. You were educated, you were yeah. got licensed, and you practice. But, but because somebody goes to um, other schools that are either private schools or just smaller mm-hmm. schools, you know, again, once you're, once you're licensed and if you're doing good work, right. nobody, nobody, cares. nobody cares. Right. That's right. Um, so what Dr. Ginsburg talks about in, in this article is something called resilience. Right. Something we've talked about many times. Mm-hmm. And um, this article captured our attention. And what he says is that what we should be teaching children is how to be resilient. Right. And that is, how do you handle life's setbacks? Right. Because we are all going to suffer setbacks. Right. All of us are going to experience some failures somewhere along the way. Mm-hmm. And what we, sh- we should be preparing our children for a larger life right. that involves uh, occasional failure. I mean, if you're if you're constantly trying to succeed, you're probably going to fail once in a while. Right. Okay. Uh, the only way you can never fail is if you never try anything. Right. Okay. But as long as you're trying to do things, particularly high level things, every once in a while you're going to experience a disappointment or failure. Right. Okay. And maybe maybe even more often than not. Right. <laughs> you might it, depending failure. on how hard you're pushing. Right. right. You might experience lots of failure uh, in our field. Uh, you experience failure when you write an article and it's not accepted. Right. You know, it's rejected for, and you have to say, okay, it didn't get accepted there. How do you deal with that? Right. Okay. So, and he says, it's not easy teaching resilience because you're trying to foster. He said he identifies four things. One is integrity. Right. You want you want your children to have integrity, honesty, ethical standards, mm-hmm. and self awareness. Right. Okay. And he said these things are not easy to teach kids. But to do these things, he, he said there are three things that parents should be doing. Right. The first one is you got to let them fail. Right. Okay. We've, how many times have we said that? Right. Children have to have, and it, the earlier they experience and deal with failure, 
the better off it is. Right. I had a, a, a young woman one time who didn't, he, she experienced her first failure as a college freshman, okay? And I, and I said to her, I said, well, you failed before. I mean, you had this, right. she said, nope. Yeah. Everything she had done before that mm -hmm. was always, she was always successful. Yeah. And she said, this is the first time I wanted something and I didn't get it. Yeah. And she was 18 years old. Yeah. And she had a really hard, she got through it, yeah. but she had a really hard time getting through, of, yeah. of dealing with the disappointment yeah. at age 18. She would have been better off failing spelling in, in a, in when she was eight, right. you know, to, to learn what disappointment tastes like and how to deal with it. Right. Yeah, we were talking about, I, I had uh, my class, I'm, I'm teaching a, a child psychology course right now, right. Um, mm -hmm. undergraduate course, and we were talking about in, in middle childhood, right. and uh, so six to 12 or so, mm -hmm. and we were talking about uh, you know, organized sports, right? And whether or not we should have participation trophies, <laughs> right? And and so, what did they? Some say? of the students were found it very challenging to consider the idea that some student, some kids, some players should be left out, uh, that they shouldn't get trophies because hey, if they're they're trying, you want you know they're there for fun and they're trying, yeah. so they should get trophies. And so it came up, of course, with the idea that you know might it be okay that they they realize that what they did wasn't quite good enough, right. that they failed, mm -hmm. you know, using that word, that they didn't um, succeed completely, and that use that and teach them how to use that to motivate them to work harder and right. to keep pushing and to keep <laughs> trying. Right. Um, and the students really had a difficult time with that. It was... Because it was they were recipients of participation trophies? Do you think um, that's why? Or It could have been. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're all, you know... Uh, Millennials, nineteen, twenty years old. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, undergrad. Yeah. yeah. So, so yes, it could have been that they were, they were, yeah. um, they were beneficiaries of right. that that approach. Yeah, because he tells parents, he said, "Don't help them with their homework. L leave the assignment on the table. Let them learn how to right. deal with the consequences. They'll get it eventually. Mm -hmm. But it's better to do it when the stakes are low. Right. They're lowest in elementary school. Mm -hmm. They're lower than that in um, in middle school." they start to rise a little bit in high school. Right. But they don't really count until college. Right. Uh, the only permanent grade report you ever have is your college grade report. Right. Okay? I mean, that always stays with you. Right. You know, you have to report where you've been. Hi, nobody cares about high school, right. really. Right. Um, right. And so he said, let them fail. Let them fail early. Let them learn how to deal with their disappointments. Right. Second thing is, life is not always fair. Right. Okay. Get used to it. We, and we say those things. We say that all who said whoever said life would be fair that's right you know we say that but we don't really reinforce that with right. our, with our kids we have entrenched systems of privilege in this country mm -hmm. i'm sorry if you live in manhattan and you make 10 million dollars a year the world is very different right. than if you live in texas and make thirty thousand dollars a year mm -hmm. i mean wealth brings privilege. Mm -hmm. It always has and it always will. Right. It, it's done it for tens of, it doesn't matter if we're talking about cows or dollars, mm -hmm. the more you have, the more privilege you have, okay? Right. And that's just the way that is. Right. Second, we have racial discrimination. Everybody right. knows that. I mean, these students who are suing schools, they're allowed, they have the ability to sue that they, and arguing that they were discriminated against mm -hmm. by wealthy people. Imagine if you were disenfranchised, if you were poor, a poor minority. They don't get to sue right. what, what has happened to right. them, okay? Um, we had a civil rights movement in the 60s, but it, it wasn't 
they, they, they didn't sue universities. Okay? Right. Um, they had to go to the streets and get beaten right. up and hung, bitten by dogs and jailed uh, and killed um, in order to address the problem of racial discrimination. We've always had racial discrimination. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we're doing less about it. It's getting less attention than this. But yeah, there's racial discrimination. It right. exists. Should it change? Absolutely. Uh, we've had class discriminations. Right. Uh, we've had uh, money discrimination. I mean, w there are these differences of race, class, money, mm -hmm. wealth, white privilege. Those things exist. If you want to change those, there are ways to right. do that. Mm -hmm. But please know that they do exist, and right. you just have to get used to it. Right. Okay. Um, there's there's nothing we can do about it in the short term. Right. Should it exist? No, but it does exist. So it's not always fair. Right. And the third thing that we liked, right. because it's in keeping with what what we have written about in our books, right. is he encourages parents to be a lighthouse, not a helicopter. Right. And so lighthouse was a new one. Right. Um, it was a bit of. But a it new was one. sort of the we, ours was staff. Right. You know, when, when we wrote our book. Right. So we, we, uh, we like the, the concept of a lighthouse parent. Right. Yeah. So we talked about using a staff to, to guide and to, to, yeah. to lead our, our kids. Right. Because when we were writing our book, we got to the spare the rod, spoil. We were talking about discipline. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about spare the rod, spoil the child. Right. And what we learned was the word rod originally referred to staff, like right. a shepherd staff. Right which was used to guide sheep right. and to protect them from predators. Okay, right. that, that's what a staff was, not, not you didn't beat your not sheep. Beat, right. I mean, those are, those are prized right. possessions. You know, you right. say you don't beat them with a, with a club, uh, you, you, but you protect them and you guide them. Right. And that's how Ginsburg talks about the lighthouse. Right, using the light, being a lighthouse to guide and to steer children uh, towards right. where you want them to go. Where you want them um, to go and avoid the rocks and avoid the shoals and right. avoid what could wreck your ship, right. okay? So they're not, he's not talking about clearing the, the rocks out of the way like the lawnmower or helicopter right. parenting, mm -hmm. but, but just letting them know where those rocks are right. and then letting the, the ship make its, make, right. make its own decisions. That's right, and, and, and your job is just to guide them in where the safe places right. are, okay? And so we, we like the uh, metaphor mm -hmm. of the lighthouse parent uh, in keeping with, with uh, much of what we've written about and talked about. Right. Um, so I like this article. It's posted on the yes. podcast. Um, it's from Psychology Today, yeah. written by a, an adolescent psychiatrist at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, yeah. a guy who knows his way around teenagers. Yeah. So take a look at that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, so again, kind of pulling all this together, you know, we, we had this huge scandal mm -hmm. that, that is certainly driven in, at its roots, um, derived from parents who are trying to you know pave the way for for mm -hmm. their kids who are you know as you said a minute ago this is sort of the 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 eventuality mm -hmm. of, of helicopter parenting and and that tendency and sense that some parents have that they have to make sure that their kids are doing mm -hmm. um, the best in the best right. places and you know scoring the highest that they can score and everything is mm -hmm. perfect for them um, to the point that they don't experience any failure um, and as Ginsburg says here you know instead of doing that we really need to you know just kind of show them their way right let them be aware of the dangers mm -hmm. um, and know where the safe spots are but then letting them make their own decisions let them decide yeah. okay let they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna have to work their way through those teenage years right they're not always easy most do it well mm -hmm. eighty percent are gonna get through those years right. just fine um, but let them do it on their own right. and let them fail once in a while uh, you can't 
we would advise that you not try to engineer a right. series of successes because yeah. kids don't learn anything from a series of successes. Right. They may end up where you want them to be, but what are you producing in the process? Absolutely. Are you producing integrity, honesty, self-awareness? Um, no, it might be a hollow shell right. that you end up with. Absolutely. Uh, somebody so. who's had the way paved. Perfect. So, All right. Well, that then is it yeah. for today. Enjoyed that topic. Though. Yeah, absolutely. Fun. So, mm -hmm. all right. Uh, until next time, stay happy, stay healthy, and forget to be afraid. Mm -hmm.